0: Good morning Church, my name is Krista and I will be reading from the New Living Translation from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 to 24. With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy.
1: So this new year marks a time when it feels like you have the opportunity to do something. For some of us, it might be a new year's resolution. For others, it might be something on our bucket list that we want to check off before 2024 ends. Now, in 2024, there are a lot of things that you could do. There's going to be a lot of things that you will do. But there's one thing that you need to do. Now that one thing is different for you, it's different for me, it's different for all of us. But there's one thing based on what's going on in your life, your relationship, your marriage, your money that you need to do. And if you you could figure out what this one thing is, I believe it's going to leave you in a much better place a year from now. So what is that one thing? Here are a few ideas. Could be a habit that you need to break. You tell yourself that's not a problem, but you know deep down in your heart that it is. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to restore. Maybe you've had a fallout with somebody, and now your heart's filled with resentment, filled with pride, maybe even hate. Maybe it's a debt that you need to pay off. You know you should. It's scary. It means you have to change some things around your budget. And that's hard, but you know that you need to take care of the financial situation that you're in. Now, if your thing is not on this list, again, you have your one thing. And wouldn't it be great by the end of 2024 if you had completed that one thing that you needed to do? Imagine just how much better life would be. Now, I first heard this sermon from Pastor Greg a few years ago, and then he heard it from a pastor named Andy Stanley about a decade ago, and it's had a real impact on me. And so back around this time, about two years ago, or maybe three years ago, I was diagnosed with diabetes, and this sermon encouraged me to help me lose 60 pounds back in 2021. Unfortunately, I gained 30 of it back. But it's been so meaningful that this has been our New Year's tradition for the last couple years, and we're doing it again today. And so today, I want to teach you about the Old Testament prophet named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was born a Jew while his people were exiled in Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And Nehemiah, his role to the king was a cupbearer, and the king was King Artaxerxes, who at that time was the most dominant ruler of the world. And with Nehemiah being a cupbearer, he had a lot of trust from the king. Cupbearers were the ones that were responsible to drink the wine from the cup uh, brought to the king in case that, in case the the cup was, the, the wine was poisoned. Now, what's interesting about Nehemiah is that he's Jewish, and the Jewish people, they were very collective, and they stayed where they, you know, they were stuck to the people, but then at this time, they were in exile. And they were originally from Jerusalem, and he had never been to Jerusalem. He had never been back to the motherland. About a hundred years prior, the Babylonians conquered Israel, where Nehemiah's people were originally from. They destroyed the city, they destroyed the walls, they destroyed the temple, they destroyed everything uh, in the city where the Jews lived. And then a hundred years later, fast forward to Nehemiah's time, he heard how bad things were for his people who were still in Jerusalem. And he felt this huge burden for his people and for his homeland. And so he prays this big prayer to God, asking uh, for some time off to travel back to Jerusalem to help his people. Artaxerxes says, yes, I'll give you the time off. Uh, I'll also make you the governor of the region. I'll also give you whatever you need to rebuild Jerusalem. So Nehemiah goes and visits Jerusalem. He finds the city in ruins. It is completely devastated, torn down. Most notably, the city walls had been broken down for so long that no one living there had ever lived in a city with gates and walls. This is all they had ever known. Again, for 100 years, this is all they had ever known. Now, walls were very significant. They're significant to us, but they were significant back then because they had a literal and a symbolic meaning of protection, security, and pride. And so if you didn't have walls up, um, anyone could come in, pillage your city. They could take whatever they wanted. There was no sense of safety. There was no sense of security. Anyone could come in and, and do whatever they wanted. Worse yet, because there was no wall wall, and that wall was symbolic for protection, there was no sense that God was with them. And when Nehemiah saw this, his heart broke. When he came back to Jerusalem from Persia, he spent an entire day and night walking the city, meeting with the people, talking with them, and he came to this conclusion, that if I don't get anything else done, I've got to rebuild the walls around the city. If it's the one thing I need to do, it's to rebuild these walls around the city so that there's a sense of security, there's a sense of safety, there's a sense that we as God's people have God here with us. Sure, there are things like fixing the economy, the leadership, the infrastructure, but the one thing that Nehemiah had to do was rebuild the wall. So they began building, and they were making progress. But that's when problems began. The leaders in the surrounding cities of Jerusalem got concerned, and they were concerned that, hey, you know, like they're putting walls, they're starting to put up walls around the city here. We won't be able to go in and grab whatever we want. We won't be able to go in and do whatever we want. Worse yet, the repair in the city was significant because then Jerusalem, they might rise up and they might have their own army who rises up against us. And so an opposition against Nehemiah, against the Jews started to form. And the leader of the opposition was a governor by the name of Sanballat. Sanballat was determined to stop the rebuild. He tried discouraging them, but it didn't work. He sent an army to attack the workers, but Nehemiah and the others fought them off. Nehemiah and the Jews kept building the wall higher and higher and higher until it was almost done. Sanballat's plan wasn't working, and so he tried a different strategy. He was going to distract Nehemiah from the work and set by setting up a meeting, because we all know the best way to kill protect, productivity is with a meeting. That's where we pick up. Uh, the, uh, the story of Nehemiah in chapter 6. This is what it says. Feel free to follow along here. This is what it says. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah the Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and there was no, bre- uh, there was no breach left in it, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come and let us meet together and hack a in the plain of Ono. They intended to do me harm. So Nehemiah is up on his wall, working away, and Sanballat's messenger comes with this invitation. Let's get together. Let's have lunch. Have your people call my people. Let's get together. Let's figure something out. But Nehemiah wasn't having any of that. This is how Nehemiah responds to Sanballat. This is what he says. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Nehemiah tells Sanabat that I am doing a great work right here and I cannot come down. Could you say that with me? That I am doing a great work and I cannot come down? It's and yellow there. Let's say it together. I am doing a great work and cannot come down. So Sandballot attempts to get Nehemiah not once, not twice, not three times, not even four times, but five times Sandballot attempts to distract Nehemiah from the great work that he was doing. And after the fifth time, Nehemiah still... Tell Bell, hey, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. And he prays asking for God to strengthen his hands to continue the good work that he was doing. Now, I've got a little wall back here I'm going to stand on as an illustration. Think of this wall as something in your life that you need to do work on. And you need to climb on it, and you need to say, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. You need to stay on that wall. Make sure whatever the task is, whatever God has given you, whatever, just know in your heart that this is what you need to do. You need to stand on this wall, refuse to leave until it's so for the next few minutes here, I want to poke and prod you a little bit. I want us to get a little uncomfortable and be honest with yourself. Because I don't want you, when, I, when we preach this again next year, to be dealing with the same thing again. Okay? So for some of us, the one thing that we need to work on might be our health. Maybe you've ignored the signs for too long. Maybe you don't want to go to the doctor. You'll say you'll start tomorrow, next week, or maybe when life calms down. I know all that because I was that, and I still am that. Some of you need to get some help from a doctor, a nutritionist, a trainer, maybe even a therapist. You can't do this on your own, and that's okay. If you could do this on your own, Probably would have done it by now but you need to take steps to get some help and you need to spend some time maybe some money to see a specialist again for me i've been slacking on exercising checking my blood sugar checking my blood pressure levels even taking my meds and eating a healthy diet and so this past wednesday i decided that that was going to change so i started checking my blood sugars my my blood sugar levels, before every meal. I checked my blood pressure at lunch. I came up with a meal plan that worked with my carb and sugar count. I stopped at Costco, grabbed all that I needed. I put my meds in a pill organizer. I haven't done that for like half a year. And I hopped on the elliptical. I knew that a couple years ago, if I was able to lose 60 pounds, I could do it again. Sure, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be delicious. Some days it's going to feel difficult, but I didn't think I could preach this message with any any integrity if I didn't take a step forward. Your health, the body that God gave you, is your great work. So say it with me that I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Would you say that with me? I am doing a great work and cannot come down. For others, your wall might be a habit that you need to break. I bet that some of us, myself included, have started a bad habit over the last couple years to cope with the pandemic. Maybe we rely on substances too much. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's a coping mechanism like smoking, drugs, pornography, playing too much video game, being on social media, maybe we shop for things that we don't need, but it just feels good. It makes us feel good. And maybe you're not the point where you're addicted or you're abusing, but are you dependent on this? Do you absolutely need this to de-stress? Are you dependent that there's no other options um, that you can turn to? If so, if so, you have to find a way to manage it better or maybe even find ways to cut it off. If you have a habit that you need to break, Here's the first step. Tell someone. Take what's in the shadows and bring it into the light. Living free in Christ and breaking that destructive habit is your great work. I'm going to invite you to say this again with me. That again, whatever habit you need to break, that is your one thing that you need to do. And So would you say this with me in regards to your habit? I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Maybe for some of us, it's our relationships. For married couples, some of us, maybe we need to just simply put our phone down when our spouse is talking to us. And we need to start nurturing the relationship, living out the vows that we've recited. Maybe if any one of us is dating, um, in a dating relationship, are we honoring each other? Do we have boundaries that keep us um, honor, keep us honored to what God calls us to. That we, don't, that we shouldn't be sleeping with each other before, before marriage because that's sin. It means that we can't spend the night or take vacations. Yes, we can't do that. But again, maybe it might mean that we need, we need to move on until you get married. For families, it might mean that dads, we need to start developing a stronger bond with our daughters and our sons. Moms, it might be with our sons and with our daughters. Find opportunities to play with them. Read with them. Simply be with them. Be affectionate to them. Maybe it's your pride, your anger, your fear. Any of those things that could be hurting your relationships, it's time to deal with it. Finding ways to build a happier, healthier relationship is your great work. And if it's your great work, would you say this with me? I am doing a great work and cannot come down. For others, your wall might be your faith in Jesus. You call yourself as Christian, or maybe you identify as Christian, but you're doing little to develop your relationship with God. Maybe you've stagnated. Maybe you're just going through the motion. Maybe church isn't a priority for you. Maybe you skip service more than you attend. Maybe it's not spending any personal time with God. Maybe you're living entirely off of someone's spirituality. Maybe you're living hypocritically. Privately, your life might be filled with sin, but publicly, you put on a face with a good Christian faith. Living a faith that pleases God, inspires others, If that's your great work that you need to do this year, say this with me. I am doing a great work and cannot come down. So what is your one thing this year? What is the one thing that you have to do this year? Climb up on your wall and do not get down. No matter what comes your way, stay up there as if your life depended on it. Let's say it one more time, our motto this morning, that I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Now to close, I want to wrap up Nehemiah's story. His enemies kept trying to stop him. They sent more messengers. They spread rumors about him. They'd even try to get King Artaxerxes to recall him back to Persia. They even tried to get his own people to turn against him. Every time Nehemiah stood his ground, and he did not divert from his one thing to build that wall and to finish that wall you and I, we're going to face obstacles. We're going to face enemies, whether it's literal or figurative enemies. There will be people, there will be things, there will be ideas and concepts that are going to try to sabotage this one thing. You might even try to sabotage yourself. It'll cost you something. It might cost you your time, your money, your energy, your comfort, your pride. But whatever your one thing is, You must stand ground and not lose focus on that one thing. Now, Nehemiah, in his determination, he and his team was able to rebuild the wall in 52 days compared to the four years that it took to initially build the wall. And this is a time where they didn't have any construction vehicles, any cranes, any lifts that one accomplishment of building that wall in 52 days began this crazy chain reaction of events that resulted in a great revival and restoration among all of God's people that was there, all because Nehemiah completed his one thing. Now, I would love to tell you that all the people continued to live out their life in in redemption and restoration but unfortunately, the people fell back into their wicked ways. And this reminds all of us that without Jesus, there can be no real change that can happen. Even though all the people fell back to their wicked ways, Nehemiah stayed true to his goal. And even though people went back to dishonoring God, Nehemiah's final prayer for God was to remember him. To remember that he stuck with the one thing that he wanted to do to honor God. You see, with Jesus, we know that Jesus brings revival, brings restoration, brings redemption into our life, into our heart, into our family, into our faith. So much hangs in the balance of our decision to stay on that wall, to not take our eyes off the one thing. But again, we have Jesus to look to when things don't get easy. Now, statistics show us that for about 40% of Americans quit their New Year's resolution by the end of the first week. I mean, 40% of Americans have, have New Year's resolution. So about half of us in this room have a New Year's resolution. And 20% quit their New Year's resolution by the end of the first week, which is tomorrow. And so again, if we all had New Year's resolutions, Uh, two out of ten, one out of five, we're going to quit by tomorrow. Statistics show that by the end of January, 40% of us will give up on our goals, and so that's half of us if if we have a New Year's resolution. And then by the end of the year, a whopping 8% achieve their New Year's resolution. So what can you do? The odds are stacked against us that, again, we have a is it 8 in 100 chance to, 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 to finish the one thing? What can we do? I think the best thing that we can do is come up with a plan, come up with a strategy. You see, Nehemiah started laying one brick over and over and over and over again for 52 days until he completed that wall. Nehemiah's desire led him to act so he could achieve his one thing. And for us to achieve that one thing, I think we need to have a plan to act. What is the one action that you need to do to get to that one thing? Now, oftentimes, people will tell you that if you write down your goals, if you tell others that that helps you achieve your goals. And while that is a very good first step, If there's no action, writing your goals and telling others is simply a good intention. That I have hopes that I am going to do this one thing to change. So it's a good start, but after you write your goals, after you tell somebody, do something. Strategize what you're going to do on a daily basis to get to that one thing that you need to do this year. Nehemiah had a plan. He prayed day and night for an opportunity to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When the opportunity came, he proposed a plan to stra- and, and came up with a strategy, strategy um, to make this happen. Upon returning to Jerusalem, he spent nights examining the walls of Jerusalem. And in the process in the process of building the walls, Nehemiah faced Sanballat's opposition. But he responded to the threats by placing people on God. Half of his workers will rebuild the wall, while half of the other will work security. And Nehemiah's focus led him to complete the wall in in an amazing 52 days. Again, when it all began with just the commitment of laying one brick at a time. So what is the one brick that you need to lay down to finish your wall? Whatever your one thing is, find that strategy. Stick through it. Find a daily goal that will help you get to your weekly goal, that will push you to achieve that monthly goal, which will get you to that quarterly goal that feeds into a six-month goal and compounded over months and months and months and months culminates into that one thing that you need to do this year. We have about 358 days left in 2024. Where do you want to be when 2024 Ends. Now as we conclude, I want us to spend some time to reflect on the one thing that you need to do. Maybe you already know it. Maybe you don't know, know, know it. Maybe you have a, a couple things lined up. I want you to pick one thing. And while you take some time to reflect, I'm going to play a song called the Ruins by Maverick City. We're going to have a video and the lyrics can be on screen. And it's a song that I've been sitting on for a few months here. We sang it back in, we sang it once in November for Novembering. And I want to bring it back today because it's got a lot of ties that are based in Nehemiah. And I've been told that it's based on Nehemiah. How he walked, how when he entered Jerusalem, all he saw was the ruined Jerusalem and his hopes of how it could be restored. And so your one thing is a path to restoration. And wherever you are with this one thing, take some time to reflect, pray, be hopeful in God's restoration for you. Maybe this one thing causes you to feel ruined and hopeless. Maybe you look at this one thing and you're just like, Kong, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this this one thing here. There's no way I can achieve it. Maybe you've been in places where you've been able to see results, but you fall back to your old habits. Maybe obstacles come up. Maybe you feel stagnant. Maybe you've been at it, but you haven't seen much results. Or maybe you celebrate that you've been redeemed and restored from this one thing. Again, wherever you are are on the spectrum, there is hope that we have Jesus who redeems all things even your one thing. And so as this song plays, take a moment, reflect on your one thing, and may this song be encouragement of you while you reflect, as you think about the one thing that you need to do this year.